0: So this episode is actually part two of our comprehensive uh Heartland Film Festival 2015 uh coverage um two-part episode of the podcast. Uh basically what happened is we had tons of content between me having recorded with filmmakers throughout the festival and me and Tiny, my co-host, uh sitting down and talking about it um for about two hours. So I have decided to cut this into two episodes. This is part two, uh, part one can be found at obsessiveviewer.com at, uh, obsessiveviewer.com slash OV136, or right before this episode in whatever podcatcher you use, it's OV136. Basically, in that episode, I ran down the best films that I saw at Heartland Film Festival, as well as included, um, a bunch of filmmaker interviews that I did on the spot at the festival. Um... Also, you can go to obsessiveviewer.com slash heartland2015. That's our homepage for everything Heartland 2015 related. That's all the reviews that I wrote, all of the podcast episodes, all the the related content to Heartland Film Festival can be found at obsessiveviewer.com slash heartland2015. So this episode is going to be about, going to be focused on me and Tiny talking about the rest of the festival the rest of the movies that i saw um during the week at heartland film festival so i'll let you get to it and enjoy it and uh thanks for listening
1: (laughs) yeah so what were the uh some of the other stuff you saw 25 movies you just talked about 10 of them yes um (laughs) What were some of the other ones? Like, was there anything else that was noteworthy? Like, maybe not necessarily the best, but noteworthy.
0: Right. Um, well, um, and it's funny, you said, uh, you said 25 movies. I saw, actually saw, uh, 44 with shorts and everything. Yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> um, again, I'm so single. Um, <laughs> so I'll break these down by, uh, documentary i I'll start with talking about documentary shorts. Um I have these all separated and I'll talk really briefly about about all of these. But before I do that, I have a recording um <laughs> with Kurt Nettleton, who he he's listeners and, and people will recognize him as the director of Intruder who was at shocktober and Irvington One. Yeah. Part of Billy and brandon and synapshot Productions group. Uh he directed um he he directed Intruder and uh I saw him at the film festival and uh got to talk to him. It was he yeah, so uh, here he is talking about his short film, uh, Your Catfish Friend, Philip Campbell, in which I completely forgot the name. Like, this was recorded the sun- Sunday night after the last screening, and I was like, yeah. So anyway, so here's the recording. All right, so I'm here with Curt Nettleton, uh, the director of Your Catfish Friend, uh, Philip... Oh, Wow! Crap,
2: Philip Campbell. Philip that's Campbell. cool, man. Yeah. that's cool. That's like the subtitle. Yeah, yeah. Your catfish
0: friend, uh, which is part of the uh, uh, shorts program. I think it's seven uh, art appreciation here at Heartland Film Festival. We just cl- they just closed down the night and uh, with the screening of coming through the Lo- through the ride. And, uh, of course, listeners will know that Kurt also directed Intruder, which was screened at Sharktober and 1, and he was the DP on Intruder 2.
2: And the editor. And
0: the editor, (laughs) uh, which screened at Sharktober and uh, Two, uh, last week. So my first question is, why did you not come to Shocktober in Irvington?
2: <laughs> I, was actually, I was actually here at Heartland. It's one of the few things I have made it to. I was working all this week, but I did happen to get off work in time to go to the jazz kitchen for the after party. On the Friday, same Friday as, and that was sleepless. Let me tell you, I was editing... I was editing uh, Intruder 2 all the way up until, like, 9 a.m. that day, burning copies, like, to get ready for the night. So that was a sleepless, yeah. I
0: won't hold it against you. No big deal. Um, but, uh, yeah, so why don't you tell us about about your catfish friend and how it uh, how it came to be and how it got into Heartland. I, I, I was really excited to see it as part of... Uh, Heartland because I didn't get the chance to see it at Indie Film Fest, which was was part of uh, one of the short film's uh, blocks there as well, but I didn't get a chance to see it, so I was really glad to be able to catch it. So, why don't you tell us a a little bit about the short?
2: Yeah, so, um, like, I do stuff with Billy and Brandon, obviously, for Billy and Brandon Watch Movies, and then Intruder, and and Intruder 2, and hopefully when we get to that um, post-short. And then, aside from that, um, my day job was always working at Cantaloupe TV, um, but... I also, on top of doing both of those production-based things, always wanted to do some more stuff for my own. So last um, the beginning of this year, in January, um, I got a freelance opportunity through a lady named Chate Marsh. Um, she was then the executive um, curator, I think is, would have been her title, for IMOKA, the Indianapolis Museum of Contemporary Art. And um, I had worked with her husband, who was the, he's the founder of Big Car, the CEO, um, which is now my current job. I work at Big Car. I left Camelot. Um, uh, she asked me to document this piece uh, done by Philip Campbell. And uh, I'd, I'd known Philip Campbell, but I didn't really realize I'd known him. Um, and so she was like, it's the most money they'd ever spent on an artist um, to commission a piece. And it was this wall-sized woodcut carving. And so and part of spending that much money, she wanted to document it. And so she was like, let's make a film about it. So unfortunately, I was only there for the last like three weeks of the process. But um, for three weeks, well, I could sneak away on my lunch breaks at work, would run up and go film with Phil or in the evening go film with Phil. Stole some equipment from Cantaloupe to go film a film, then brought it back and all that good stuff. So um, it was fun, though, and we were really happy with the way it turned out. And it originally was intended just to be a film in the gallery alongside the piece. So you would walk through Imoka, and as you went back, you see the wall-sized carving, and then you go into the next room, and it's this video about the work. So it's meant to be a 18-minute-long series of vignettes or stories about either how it's created or why it was created. Um, but yeah, that that's the
0: piece. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Um, I like. I noticed in in the short that there was a there was an emphasis of like kind of you 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 shot it in a way that it was very close to the actual wood carving to kind of show the texture of it. I don't really have a question for anything like that, but what was your process in doing that? I guess, and also I really enjoyed that as a visual technique in order to tell the story.
2: So there were there were two reasons for that. One was. Uh, I either had just gotten my macro filters for my camera, or my new lens, I mean. Or I was going to buy them, and so I was using some macro filters that were cantaloupes. Um, but more importantly, the inspiration for this, I, I really enjoyed the idea that this is it's huge. It's a massive wall-sized piece. And um, I thought, what a better contrast than to try to capture it one small frame at a time. So every a lot of stuff is shot either close up or with a macro filter to get even closer up to it. Um and also along those lines there is no you'll notice there's no final shot of the piece <laughs> in the in the film which now as i watch it stand alone in a film festival maybe is a detriment but
0: <laughs> i think the, i think when i think it uh i think the finished product was great and uh i'm really excited that that it got in the Heartland and in indie film fest or is it going anywhere else or what's next for you um, um
2: well uh, actually it's not going anywhere else this is my first year applying to any film festivals and so far, um, Intruder got denied from one out of the two. I haven't heard from the second one, which is weird. I need to <laughs> look into that. Um, and uh, and then your catfish friend got into both. I only applied to Indie Film Fest and to uh, Heartland, um, so I was pretty happy with that. Um, that's a pretty cool record. It's I didn't apply anywhere else. <laughs> um, but next year, next year I'm hopefully working on with Big Car this this longer. Actual feature-length piece, so oh,
3: awesome.
2: we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, like all the principal footage you'd call it is done. Um, I want to do a big long round of interviewing. We have some other stuff that's that it's got to be used for. But then um, Jim and I have always talked about like um, doing a really long, cool piece. And so we'll see. It'll be my first venture stab into that. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> well, best of luck to you. And follow-up question for that: Which do you prefer? Or what's your process in doing a doing a documentary versus a narrative uh, thing? Which do you prefer doing? Uh, to be honest, I don't
2: know. I, I there's pros and cons to both. Um, on the one hand, I don't really think of myself as a documentary person because uh, I, I feel like documentary people, although like really good ones are made in the editing room. Um, for the most part, documentarians are. I feel like the personality is more about a shooter someone who likes to be out in the field collecting. Now, I'm really not that guy. And, and I mean, for the last two and a half months, I've been shooting with Big Car um, while they did the occupancy on Monument Circle, and that's what we'll be working on. Um, and it was fun to get to kind of brush up on those skills again, but I'm excited to edit with it. Um, I would say... For the, on the whole I like narrative stuff a lot more but I don't you know narrative stuff you usually have to self-fund I haven't quite cracked that code um and right. how to do that and neither has Billy or Brandon or Jared
0: <laughs> We'll keep working at it cause I would love to see more more narrative and, and documentary stuff from you guys um and final question what uh, was your favorite movie that you saw here and uh like what all did you see what's your favorite and how did you feel about Coming Through the
2: Rye um Coming Through the Rye Really good film. Actually, it reminded me that I've never read *Catcher in the Rye*. To be really? honest, yeah. Although it was assigned, I've never read it, um, and I'm—I uh, um, don't know. It was—it was really well done. I have to say, though, I think *Romeo is Bleeding*, *Hands Down*. I get why it's the Grand Prize winner. Like that, it—it it floored me. What it like? And that guy Dante is like an open book of like just. I don't know. He's just inspiring, man. That's that so crazy. Awesome.
0: I didn't get a chance to talk. Do you know if he left already? I,
2: I think I feel like he's somewhere around here. Awesome. So I
0: might need to. I might need to talk to him. I talked to his producer for the for the film. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, he, yeah, that that documentary was really good. Um, yeah. Did you Did you happen to see Peace Officer? No, I actually, I was,
2: um, since I got here so late, you know, working all week, and, and we just finished filming Ted earlier this week, was the last thing I had to do before I was done, um, uh, um, I, I, I was watching previews, and I, I was making a list of all the films I want to watch, so Keep in Touch was on the list, Peace Officer, um, uh, the sci-fi shorts that I missed, all of those, because I love sci-fi, and, uh, uh, there were a couple others, I, I can't remember, um. The one about the guy who's trying to break up with his girlfriend. Oh
0: yeah, uh, Happy Times. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, on my list. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really good. It was it was really quirky, and uh, I got to chat with the, the director of that too. He he did a really a really cool technique where he he had he had the character uh, watching horror movies, uh, kind of to reflect the situation that he's in. But (laughs) he didn't have the he didn't like he couldn't get the rights to like show like Halloween or anything so he just reshots like some iconic scenes from like what yeah like like he's watching a screen and then there's this there's this reshot scene of of the the the, uh, iconic scene from the tracking shot at the beginning of Halloween where you're opening the drawer and getting the knife I'm like wait a second (laughs) it was it was awesome he was he was a super cool guy so that's
3: super cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for chatting with me, and uh, and once I stop recording this, we're going to be talking again. So it's going to be uh, this is an awkward sign off, but yeah. So uh, thanks, and good luck with uh, everything that you're working on and all that. Thank you. So yeah, that was Kurt Eddleton. Uh Yeah. So so the rest of the shorts, the, the the documentary shorts that I saw, I'll talk really briefly about all of them, and then we'll move on. Um, okay. So first up, the art of Richard Thompson was really interesting. It was about this cartoonist, uh, uh, this um, Richard Thompson uh, drew, draws uh, like comic strips and stuff like in cartoons, but he's afflicted. Like he was forced to retire in 2012 uh, because of Parkinson's disease. Okay, but what's really interesting about this is that it doesn't focus on his condition. It just it just showcases his art, and it's it's amazing. It's it's really it's really amazing. Um, so I really liked that. And then Elgin Park uh, or Elgin Park, I don't know, but Elgin Park, I think um, it's about this guy who makes miniatures and photographs them. And to kind of have this vintage, like, um, he, like he creates a world through these photographs of these little miniatures that look so, like, photorealistic and, and amazing. It's, it's really interesting. Um, he talks about his, um, his, uh, his, uh, interest in it in, in, in his, um, motivation for it and stuff like that and then uh finding beauty in the rubble all of these were in the art appreciation segment by the way uh blocker shorts but finding beauty in the rubble i wasn't too keen on it's about this woman who uh creates necklaces from um uh debris she finds uh in the, in the ocean after the tsunami hmm. um interesting it's interesting but there wasn't enough focus on the actual art and uh it was kind of it was a little I, I wasn't too into it and then uh next up was uh I'm gonna put her this Nef- uh, neferides, neferides, I, neferides uh daughters uh which is about street artists in uh in egypt during the e- uh, G- egyptian revolution nice and uh it was really long i, I wasn't too crazy about that either because hmm. it it kind of wasn't it kind of lacked a certain focus it wasn't again it wasn't really about the art it like it it showed the street artists and it they talked about it and everything but then it eventually just shifted it was like i think it was like forty minutes long too um it shifted to um talk about talk about you know uh, the women's rights in 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 egypt and stuff like that which is which is amazing and it's important and everything like that but it just it got a little long and i kind of wish it was a little more i don't know focused in it i guess i i don't know i wasn't too i just wasn't too crazy about it and then uh, okay. your, and then uh, your catfish friend uh philip campbell was directed by kurt Nettleton, which you just heard about so i won't really talk about that i really enjoyed it like i said in the recording i like the the focus on the texture of it and stuff like that um oh god okay um, <laughs> uh growing home was about uh Syrian refugees uh, who were displaced and, and put into a, uh, a a like a campground in in Jordan. Um, really touching really showcased the uh the um not hopelessness, but the, the homesickness, Mm. um, of it. Like, like these people are just people that just want to be home in their home country. And they're, they're in a, like they form a little society in the camp. Like the, it focuses on a barber trying to provide for his, his family and, and stuff like that. It's really touching. It really showcases the homelessness of it. Um, the nature of war, uh, was a short three minute thing where it was an animated thing, uh, animated short, directed by the Roch brothers who they had like a ton of shorts. They're, they're scattered throughout. But that's the only one I saw. But it's hmm. basically this, uh, this, uh, this guy from uh, he was in the military. He was stationed in Iraq. He's recounting a story of how uh, he met two Iraqi boys when he was in Iraq. And it's, it's all, it's, it's just him talking and it's, uh, it's uh, there's animation playing, showing it and everything. It was very, hmm. very touching. You can hear the emotion in his voice. It's, it's really interesting. Wow. Yeah, um, finally the the last three, I won't I or er, four, <laughs> I won't talk that much about. Not a stranger was interesting. It's uh the about this guy who did the stranger project, which he was battling depression, and he set a goal for himself to go talk to a stranger every day, um and and write about it and everything. So you can find more information of that at uh, just Google the stranger project. It's really interesting. Hmm. Um, then open your eyes uh, was about um. Uh, 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 people in Nepal um who had cataracts and in oh, okay. the effort to um to get them get them uh get the vision corrected it was it was interesting a little long a, l- a little a little dry i go well, not really dry cuz the cause the focus of the of it is this uh this elderly couple who the, who the woman's very very spunky and mm-hmm. very entertaining um then the hundred year shows about this um this woman who is 99 and her artwork is just getting appreciated. Very interesting, um, showcase of her art. It's geometrically like, uh, based. Hmm. And then, uh, Luchadora is a short about, uh, women, uh, uh, Lucha Libre, Lucha Libre. Yeah. Uh, fighters in, in Mexico. It was interesting, but I, it it wasn't really in my wheelhouse and I, I don't think it really, uh, it didn't really resonate with me. Hmm. Um, but documentary features, I'll talk about that, but first here is a recording of me talking to Michael Klein, who's the producer of uh, of, of the movie Romeo is Bleeding, a, a feature-length documentary that played at... Uh, Heartland, and was actually the grand prize winner for documentary feature. All right, so I'm here with uh, Michael Klein, the producer of Romeo's Bleeding, uh, which just ro- won the grand prize documentary feature at Heartland Film Festival, and uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a it's an amazing documentary. Uh, also, it's just uh, it's it's incredible. So, why don't you tell our audience uh, a little bit about the film and about and about the uh, what, what's it about and uh,
4: and all
5: that? Uh, so, the film is about a young poet from Richmond, California which is in the Bay Area, and uh, the city of Richmond it has a turf war that's been going on for generations between north and central Richmond, and our main character, Dante, uh, grew up amongst that conflict, uh, very deeply entrenched in it, and uh, the short answer to it is he was uh, introduced to spoken word poetry in high school, um, and that became an, a positive outlet for him, and taking his lived experiences, he wrote an autobiographical adaptation of Romeo and Juliet set in Richmond. Uh, so inside of capels and montagues, it's North versus Central, um, and becomes spoken word poetry instead of Shakespearean sonnets. Um, and yeah, it's a film about artist and environment and the power of one's own voice and self-expression.
0: Nice. Yeah, and it's it's a fantastic fantastic film as I said. And uh something that struck me about it was just the way that it was filmed. Like there's just these huge wide shots of the city and it's it just really is incredible at drawing you into into the story and and the the environment of the of the city of Richmond. And it's just it's it's incredible and I'm thrilled that it got that that it's getting such good recognition and it's and it uh won the prize uh here at Heartland. Um, is this your first time having anything at Heartland? Or? Is this your first experience here, and uh, what do you think of it?
5: Yeah, this is my first time at Heartland, and it is amazing. I've had other friends, filmmakers, that have been here in the past and have raved about it, and they're like, you got to go, you got to submit. And so when we got in, we were so excited, and it has not been a disappointment, for sure.
0: Great, great. And have you gotten a chance to watch any of the movies here or anything? Uh, And what's, what's your favorite been?
5: Yeah, and that... I mean that's the uh, amazing part of winning this award, especially like this honor. I got I was lucky enough to see every single film that we were in competition with, and to be amongst such amazing films and still get this honor is just amazing because they all were just such strong films. Uh, and so I'd say all the other docs in our competition are my favorite.
0: Nice. Yeah. And, uh, are there any plans for distribution or anything like that for, for Romeo's bleeding work and will people be able to see it, um, in the future?
5: Yeah, the, um, the, that's still in the works so the exact details aren't figured out but, uh, if, people go to our website Romeo's com. we're on Facebook facebook.com slash Film, uh, Twitter Instagram uh, stay in touch and we'll keep you posted on how best to see the film
0: absolutely well Michael thank you and, and congratulations again um, I'm sure that it, it's going to get just I'm, I'm hoping that people will see this and be able to um, appreciate the, the story being told and all that and it's I, I feel like it's going to be it's going to be big at, at some point in the future so uh, congratulations again and thank you for talking to me yeah. it's been a pleasure Thanks so much. Uh, like I mentioned in the recording, he, it was really good. It was, it was. Uh, I really loved the way that it was filmed, and it's something that I didn't mention in in my talk with Michael Klein was that the way they reveal certain things, like uh, like you, the way that they reveal kind of the tension on the streets and the violence and everything, is really affecting. It's it's really powerful. Um, so it was really good. Uh, Dream Killer. Did you see this in the guidebook by chance, Tony? Dream Killer. I may have i don 't recall it though okay know. it's it 's a documentary about this kid or this guy who gets uh, sent to prison for forty years um, for uh, a murder, but the whole impetus of it is that is that the murder happened in uh, i think two thousand and one and then two years later the guy 's friend told police that he had a memory of of uh him and him and him and the guy who got convicted of it uh murdering the guy so like that's the that 's the extent of evidence in the case. Hmm. And he still got convicted and sent to it so but i I, I, felt I had issue with with some of the uh, the way the documentary was handled like we didn 't get any like any hardly any if uh, barely any if not any <laughs> hardly any uh context for the relationship between uh, like the friendship between them it's, the whole movie is about um the the guy 's father trying to trying to free his son and it 's mm-hmm. It, I, I could appreciate the father-son story of it, but I, I just thought that it wasn't handled that well. Like we don't, okay. we don't even have any, there's not even really any information about the, about the actual crime or anything like mm-hmm. I know there's a a reporter, a sports reporter for a newspaper where it was, where it was, uh, where it happened. And that's it. Like that's the extent that they go into about the huh. actual, uh, crime. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, the Big Lonely, which which uh, we covered earlier, uh, really interesting, um, really really interesting documentary about the. Basically, they gave. Did you see this? I'm like, no, know. but I yeah. I was I really wanted to see this one. Yeah, 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 it uh, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, and then <laughs> Monty Python and the Meaning of Live, uh, which is it, it was such a fun documentary, man. Yeah. It was awesome. It was uh the first time it was the first time the Pythons were on stage in 34 years. It was their last show. Wow. And uh, this happened last year. And it was basically just... It wasn't even like... What I loved about it was that it wasn't a... um, a documentary where it, where it manufactured drama or anything like mm-hmm. that. It wasn't about like, oh, the struggle of getting these, getting this up. It was like, it was just showing a bunch of old friends riffing on each other and still sharp <laughs> as ever. Yeah. It was amazing. That sounds so cool. It was hilarious. Uh, the Champions, which we all which we already talked about. Um, and uh, finally, the final documentary that I saw, uh, documentary feature, was one that I think, Tiny, you'd really appreciate. It's called Beyond Measure. Mm-hmm. Did you read about it at all? I don't
1: remember. I can't. There were so many movies, and I looked through most of the synopses. I just I can't. I didn't yeah. come in all to memory.
0: Yeah. So, so Beyond Measure is uh, <laughs> it's it, it's a it's a it's about education reform, basically. It's oh, about okay. um, alternative education tactics, I guess. So gotcha. about how kids are throwing away the curriculum in terms in favor of a, of a. Uh, Unorth- un- unorthodox curriculum and stuff. Okay, and I,
1: I saw a trailer for it before one of the other yeah. screenings, and it looks awesome.
0: Yeah, it was really good. It was, nice. it, was, it was really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I was really bummed because I couldn't stay for the Q&A because I had a screening right after it uh, to run over to. Um, plus, I really, really had to go to the bathroom during it. <laughs> That's the worst. Uh, it, it really is. That happened like twice. Um, but So I, I missed out on the Q&A, but it was a really interesting film, and it was really... kind of it was it was interesting because like like i'm i wasn't really that good with school or anything and i always thought like okay well school's just not for me and everything but though the way that it presented the way that it presented education to to its audience and and it wasn't like a a a huge indictment on on the uh textbook based curriculum stuff or whatever or the memorization and standardized testing and everything but it it touched on that quite a lot but it just it kind of put my feelings towards school into into context and it was really interesting nice it was nice not to feel like i'm an idiot <laughs> or not to think I'm an idiot. so we talked about
1: documentary shorts what about the uh narrative shorts what were some of your some of the other ones that were noteworthy well
0: tiny <laughs> i'll tell you about it um, <laughs> but first <laughs> here's uh here's a recording that i uh of, 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 of uh, a recording that i had with michael angelo covino who is the co-star and co-writer and producer for the movie Keep in Touch, which I'll talk about uh, here in a bit. But, um, yeah, so I had a really nice chat with him, and here it is. Okay, so I'm here with Michael Covino from uh, Keep in Touch. He plays Brad, and he's also the co-writer. Yes, Yes. and producer. And why don't you just let us know, uh, tell us us about the film and, and what it's about
4: and all that. Okay, here we go. Um, So the film is about a uh, it's about a guy who looks up a childhood crush of his and uh, finds out that she died in a car accident years ago. And um, you know, and in searching further, uh, he finds that she has a younger sister who's a musician in New York. And he starts going to her shows uh, just kind of out of curiosity and to reconnect. And they end up, they end up hooking up and and starting a relationship, but without him ever telling her who he is or what, you know, why he was even at her show in the first place. So it's um it's sort of a relationship built upon false pretenses, and it's uh you know the repercussions of that. And but really, what the film's about is about a guy sort of uh, you know trying to restart his life and trying to find um, a new purpose in his life and kind of uh, struggling with. You know, connecting with sort of periods from his past when he was, uh, you know, happier times or seemingly happier times. I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's something that kind of really spoke to me was that I mean he, the actor that played the main character, like he he really embodied that kind of listless and, and directionless kind of thing. Like you can kind of tell that he had an internal struggle there, and it was really it really came through really well and uh, it it was there's a charm to his performance that when he's when he's like looking up looking up the girl and everything it's like it should be kind of like super creepy but it kind of comes across as an earnest like um uh Push to to find some kind of connection. Sure. Really came through really well. And uh, so yeah. So why don't you tell me like um, uh, what's next? Like if you're going to take it to other film festivals or uh, or
4: what's up next for uh, in touch? Yeah. Well, we're going to the uh, we'll be at the Austin Film Festival like next week. Um, uh, We'll find out about this film festival if we win the grand prize, which is pretty sweet because there's like actual money to be made and so far it's just been uh, us sinking a lot of our own money into the movie and getting paid not, not much uh, and then uh, and then, so we're Austin Film Festival will be at like the East Lansing Film Festival the Kukaloris Film Festival uh, the Charleston South Carolina Film Festival and then um, a couple more like in the future but that's sort of I think that'll round out most of the big festivals we have coming up and then you out know, uh, finding a home for the film and, and finding a place for um, you know figuring out what the best way to release the film is and how to get it out in front of people because that's the that's the main goal.
0: And I know that it's, it's on the it's one of the festival award winners this uh, yeah in this in this in this film festival and it's you know it's well deserved too. It's, oh, and it's a really
4: good really good movie and. Uh, also,
0: I mentioned that you're, you're, you're Brad in the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're, you're an actor in the movie. Uh, why don't you tell me this, like, you're a background in acting. Is this, is this something that, uh, uh, like, are you an
4: actor first or a writer first? or? or what's I, your... I think I'm a producer first. So, um, I don't know. It's sort of like, I think that's just by nature of like, even if you want to be an actor, you can't really wait on anyone to cast you in things. So, um, so I don't know Sam and I started a production company um, a little while back and had did a bunch of commercials of branded content and corporate videos and anything anyone would hire us to shoot kind of thing and uh, and you know eventually we said we said we want to make a movie and um, and I had an idea, and then we started writing it together, and then we shot a short film that we then raised the money to shoot the feature and kind of built it all out of that. Um, that doesn't answer your question as to if I'm an actor or not. The answer to that is basically I act in a ton of stuff. I do a lot of sketch comedy and uh, improv sometimes. And, you know, just uh, I, I, I love performing. and I love, like, improvising more, more than acting. But um, this role kind of lent itself to my, my strengths a little bit because I could be funny and kind of add humor to the film but not uh, but not have to carry the emotional weight of the film because I don't know that I have the chops yet for that
0: <laughs> well, you definitely brought a levity to it while also kind of really exploring the, the drama with, with the character by playing off the character thanks appreciate that thank you yeah cool. um, well I won't take up more of your time or anything, but thank you so much for chatting with me and all
4: that. And uh, where can people find uh, Keep in Touch Film? Like, like- so, uh, well, the, our website is keepintouchfilm.com. Um, our Facebook page is, I guess, forward slash keepintouchfilm. And um, that is those are like the two spots where we do, like Facebook is where we kind of give most of the information as to like where you can see the film, what the next screening is, all that stuff. Um, and then the website too, obviously. But, um, yeah, I would say sometime by mid to late november we'll have a better idea of what the release strategy is or who's going to be distributing the film and then we can kind of uh you know better inform people as to when it's going to be coming out that's the that's the hope
0: cool awesome well uh, good luck on the future film
4: festivals and on uh, tomorrow night's work. Awesome. yeah thank you so much yeah, no appreciate problem. it all
0: right thanks again thanks man so narrative shorts tiny mm-hmm. um These these first three were from the sci-fi shorts uh, block, um, much like the ones I mentioned earlier. Um, Against Night was a Russian about a Russian cosmonaut who who crashes crash lands in. I think it's uh, I think it's China. It's somewhere. But he has these hallucinations um, afterwards. And and, have you ever seen the original uh, Solaris from 1970? Uh, No, I've not seen the original. Okay, it's. It's it's a really crazy mind bending sci fi movie, but um, very slow too. But um, <laughs> but I mean, it's incredible. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, but this kind of echoed that a lot. It it reminded me a lot of it, like aesthetically and in, in in terms of story and everything. Um, and I liked it. I, I liked it quite a bit. It was it was nice. Nice. Um, Dust, on the other hand, I wasn't too keen on. Um, it was about a uh, a world where um, there there's a plague. It, it was kind of muddled. It was it was kind of it was an interesting story. It was an interesting mythology, but instead of having a story, like a more focused story, like it seemed like all the dialogue kind of seemed to expand the, uh, the mythology of it uh, more and more. And it was, it it got kind of muddled, but it looked, it looked really good though. Um, and then movies in space, was freaking hilarious. Uh, it's about a guy who gets sent to. He's he's like the uh, the Earth ambassador to a new alien civilization that that people have uh, have um, have come in contact with. So he's there, and uh, he gets uh, basically the guy that he's that he's staying with is like, hey, let's watch a movie, and like the movies in this civilization are ju- <laughs> are just uh, flashes of light. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the guy travis is the is the earth ambassador guy he is based like he says like he he like says some offhand thing because he has no like he doesn't get why it's a big thing yeah uh he's like oh what if they did or uh isn't that the same thing or whatever or oh, oh it's like uh isn't that the same thing and then they watch a couple more movies and then the guy shows him his his film he's like what if you what if you or like he asked for tips and he's like i don't know what if you make it like yellow in that scene and then he becomes like a, like he like that launches him to become like a a very powerful producer and studio executive in that in that Hollywood thing. It's it's a brilliant satire of Hollywood. Oh my god! And it's it's freaking hilarious. That it's, sounds awesome. Yeah, it's called Movies in Space. Um, and then the other four uh, shorts, these next three were from uh, the This That or the other uh, block of shorts, which I didn't I didn't really find a common theme with them or anything, but. Hmm uh okay uh, born with it was about a Japanese uh, a, a, a biracial Japanese kid who goes to school and all the like Japanese kids think that he has AIDS because his skin because like, his skin is he's he, his skins black oh. it's really interesting because it's uh it takes it takes a uh, it takes prejudice like something like something as horrendous as prejudice and and um, uh, race racism and stuff like that and puts it through through the uh uh the uh the filter of of naive children and and the innocence of childhood is a really interesting Hmm. uh really interesting short film um Dakota was about a um a a border a border control agent guy um who who he he is investigating a, a truck that's in the middle of like nowhere in the middle of the desert. And, uh, he finds a, a kid who's smuggling in drugs into the country and it, they kind of have a little dialogue. Um, it was really interesting. It was, it was, uh, the, the filmmaker was there for a Q and a, and, uh, he like the, he said that he, it was originally conceived as a feature, and this was mm. it, it, it was filmed as a uh, planning to make a feature of it. So you can kind of tell that it wasn't like the full story, but it was still good in its own right. It had really good um like wide shots to to establish the complete isolation of where they were. Wow. Uh yeah, it was really yeah, it was good. Um appendo which is, I want to say Swahili for love or something like that, um, is, is about a kid who like, uh, has memories of his dad, um, Hmm. who is dead telling him about love. It's, it's basically the kid like getting up for school or something. And, uh, it's intercutting flashing with, with flashbacks of his father talking to, Talking, talking to him about love. It's it's really interesting, uh, and really well shot, like well well edited and everything. Because it it basically divulges the story uh, through flashbacks, intercutting with with the kid in present day. It's it's really interesting to to um, say that it was. Um, it stars a kid that's in Empire now, apparently. Um, okay.
1: Was it in Swahili?
0: No, no. Oh, and it okay. was filmed. I think it was filmed, or I think the filmmaker has ties to Indiana. He was there for a Q and A. And uh, he said that it was inspired by a he he wasn't dying but he had a he he was he didn't say what it was but he said that he had some kind of medical condition that made him think of think in terms of of what message like if he dies if like uh, um, what messages he would want to convey to his child and leave hmm. behind so that that was the reason that he made the short and it comes through really well. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's called Abendo, and then finally, the last narrative short uh, was called A Proud Woman. It was one of the festival awards shorts. It was um, it was interesting. It was about a woman who is the caretaker for an elderly woman who, um, takes who who has a who has her daughter visit, and the daughter finds out finds out or or realizes that uh the the caretaker is transgendered, hmm. and so she threatens to. She threatens to tell her mother and, and have her have her fired and everything. It's a really it's a it takes a it takes a present day issue, obviously. And um, it's it's really uh, not uplifting. It's, it's really satisfying to see the way that it plays out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then that is the rest of the narrative shorts that I that I saw.
1: <laughs> wow. OK. Yeah. Well, uh, these are kind of the big dogs for last uh the yes. narrative features uh, which i'm really interested in a lot of these so what were some of the other noteworthy narrative features that you saw
0: well tiny i will tell you that in just a second <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're having way too much fun
0: I, I am because i'm mentally thinking in my head like should i should we have done this this way
1: oh well but um
0: <laughs> This is a uh, this is a recording. I'm I'm going to get to my narrative, uh, the narrative features that I saw. But first, here's a recording with uh, Luis Javier. I'm 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 blanking on the last name, but uh, he directed. He wrote and directed uh, the last uh, the last film I saw on the last Saturday of it. Actually, this one I had to. I spent the day at Castleton, and then I had to race over to uh, to Trader's Point to see this one. Hmm. But it was called Happy Times. Um, yeah, so I'll talk about that briefly, but here in, in here in a bit. But um, here's my recording with uh, Louise Javier from Happy Times. I, I really enjoyed it. It's a it's a fun, it's such a fun. I, I think you put it as an anti rom com, uh, which uh, which was which was which was nice. It, like it was a that's that sums it up really well. Um, so, it, can you tell me about? about the process of making it and uh, and showing it at different uh, film festivals because this is the last stop for it if, I, uh, if I'm not mistaken
6: yeah I, th- I think this is going to be the last stop I mean we have no more festivals uh, you know later this year and I think the, the, they kind of have like this thing that where you can't ha- have it I mean be older than 2014 so mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to make any other festival appearance and um, yeah well it's been a hard road I mean a difficult long road we started out writing the screenplay in 2007. Wow. So from then till 2012, we were just looking for funding. And we, we, the, the movie is government funded, so we have like in Mexico we have like this kind of tax incentive where you can just submit your project and maybe get elected to kind of produce it, which is great because otherwise it would have been impossible to make a movie of that kind, like with with no money at all so we had uh, we had like a small budget uh, for US standards maybe Mexico is kind of a pretty big budget and uh, that we filmed the, the, the movie in 2012 and we finished it Exactly one year ago, and we showed it at uh, you know Morelia International Film Festival, and that was great. It was our first screening, and and since then we went to a few other festivals, not many. I always thought the film was more like of a commercial film, more like of a broad comedy for people in Mexico would go see, but that was not the case. The case was that people actually enjoyed it more at festivals. That. At the you know the theaters, and uh, we actually won a couple of awards. One in Santa Barbara, and um, and the other one in Washington D.C. We won um, those two awards, and we went all the way to Dubai to present the film. So oh, wow. it's, yeah, it's been great. It was it's been great, and and you know this is as you said this is kind of the last uh, stop for the film I think, and we're looking into. You know, getting distribution here in the U.S. That was gonna be my next question. Any yeah, yeah. any
0: luck with that, or is
6: it still kind uh, of we'll, we're still yeah we're still yeah. looking. For, you know, it's it's kind of difficult being in Mexico and getting noticed up here. I can. We, we got a review, a pretty good review in Variety, and that kind of opened the doors a little bit, but still nothing close enough to right. having.
0: Like a, a dumb deal or anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, the best of luck to, with that and everything. Um, was it is this your first time at Heartland?
6: Yeah, uh, this is my good. first time at Heartland and my first time in Indianapolis. Oh well. wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but how did you how do you like it? Or how? Yeah, good it's good it been great so far. I mean, the weather is kind of crazy, but <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> Indiana for yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I've been like I I was you know I stayed over in you know in Chicago Chicago, like Mm. a couple years ago and but never never to Indiana wow yeah yeah
0: that's cool Uh, so what's uh, what's next for you uh, in terms of uh, filmmaking and all that well,
6: we're currently writing our... I wrote this screenplay with uh, with another writer, who's actually my girlfriend, and uh, she's a writer. I'm just a director, okay. writer, slash writer, co-writer. <laughs> and we're writing the next uh, feature film. It's another anti-rom-com, as you mm-hmm. put it. And um, it's kind of a... It's not as complex as this one, not as sophisticated, you know, per se. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I think it's gonna have the same style and the same kind of uh, feeling to it.
0: Cool, very cool. Uh, well, thanks for thanks for chatting with me. And uh, have you been able to check out any other any of the other films at Heartland? And if so, what's what's been your favorite? Uh, probably that one. Yeah. Part. Well, actually, I think my I, I haven't seen much because
6: the schedules. I mean, the, right. the theaters are very uh, far from each other. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I I and what the one I saw just now was uh, Raiders oh I love that uh, yeah I love that film I think that was the best I didn't I, I, I think I only saw three <laughs> and that was the I mean it's so great I remember when I was a young kid and I wanted to make films so it's it really it's really inspiring but at the same time kind of depressing that yeah. they didn't pursue it since oh yeah when they were
0: young there's that nice little like bit of poignancy to it yeah. that it's it's kind of it's you know it kind of pulls at you but then they offset it with so much comedy. Just the way that they yeah. talk about talk about their adventures of, as kids and then show the footage. It's just it's juxtaposed with that. It's just hilarious. But,
6: yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of bittersweet, but I, yeah. I really liked it. Great. And, uh, I saw Embers. Oh yeah. What'd you think of that? I think it was very interesting. I, yeah. I liked it. I liked it. I mean, it's an interesting concept, and I think mm. it's very well made. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Original. I thought it was original.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It was a uh, part of it was filmed in a in a city like way like in the northern part of uh, Indi- Indiana, and uh, there was another film at Indie Film Fest that was also also shot in that city. It's so, all like I I just seen that film in uh, in July, and then I saw Embers the other day. I was like, wait, I just saw like that wow. that exact area. It's because both were kind of post apocalyptic uh, movies. So what was the other one? Uh, it was called uh, Chrysalis. Um, oh i saw a film oh yeah yeah, I think yeah. So. it was pretty good it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. pretty good yeah uh well i won't take up any more of your time uh congratulations on a on a long festival run for uh for for happy times and uh best of luck to to your future projects and all that thank you thank you very much glad mm-hmm. you like the film no and thanks for coming yeah no problem so yeah the the movies that i saw the the feature length narrative features that i saw um first up was the 33 which i mentioned was a uh about the Chilean miners. I saw a press screening the day of *Shocktober* in Irvington. Um, you know, it was good. It was it was a fun like or not fun, but it was a it was a gripping like uplifting retelling or or, uh, or uh, feature uh, movie about the, about the Chilean miners, mm-hmm. which is which is a story that I didn't really follow on the news or anything. And one of the things I really appreciated about it was that it didn't, um, it it didn't. Put an emphasis on like the news store news aspect of it. It mm-hmm. was it was very much about the miners in, in the mine, the thirty three miners that were trapped in the mine for sixty nine days, um, and it was also like it was the thing that I had asked Patricia Riggin was uh, how she how she was able to handle the dual narrative, um, which the movie is kind of segmented between a story the storyline of the miners in the in the mine and then the above ground rescue efforts. Um, both the practical, the, the practicality and bu- uh, bureaucratic nonsense that went into mm-hmm. to trying to get trying to get them rescued. Um, really strong performances. Uh, uh, Rodrigo Santoro, is in it? Um, do you recognize that name? I do you? not. He was uh, Paulo of Nikki and Paolo fame on Lost. Wow. Yeah, and he's he's really good. He's 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 charming. He's the uh, minister of mining for Chile and uh <laughs> but he has no experience with mining <laughs> um so it's it's it, it, and he's kind of cutting through the red tape and he's getting he was getting them rescued and everything so it was a it was a really it was a it was a good uplifting movie um uh, uh bob gunton is that his name um the guy who played the warden in shawshank redemption mm-hmm. okay he plays the president of chile Really, which uh, is kind of interesting. I don't know if it's because I know him from other things that I, I kind of felt like he was out of place. I, like I'm not oh. one to really pick apart accents and stuff, but it was it was kind of weird to see him try to do a, a Chilean accent. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It was it was it was interesting, and it kind of took me out of it a little bit. But um, overall, it was overall it was pretty good. It was it was it was quite good. It opens wide on November thirteenth,
1: and uh, Antonio Banderas was also in it, right? Yes,
0: he plays like the. Uh, the kind of uh, um, uh, de facto leader of the of the oh, okay. miners in the mine, and uh, you know something that the movie kind of touched on is that um, also in the mine was uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. That's yeah, cool. he he plays kind of uh, one of the. One of the engineers of of the mine, hmm. and so there 's a moment kind of early in their entrapment where uh they 're kind of butting heads over rationing food and stuff like that, and I kind of wish that it would have um, and i i mean sure they're kind of hampered by you know it being a true story and and following mm-hmm. following what really happened, but I kind of wish that they would have explored more of like a, like a um the, the drama between those two and kind of like struggling for power because I thought that was a really strong dynamic. Hmm. I will also say before I move on to the next m- movie that there is a really – there's a really nice scene where uh, they're eating the last of their food and they're all around like their little makeshift table and while they're eating their last food like it shows just uh, them hallucinating – not hallucinating but it's like their ideal – like last meal basically it's a very oh, okay. touching very very powerful sequence and it was very spectacular shot hmm. um yeah so next up is the truth about lies which uh it starred the guy who was uh the stoner in the cabin in the woods okay yeah and it's about a guy who is a pathological liar <laughs> basically <laughs> uh and it's it's kind of funny he he loses his job his girlfriend um, in his apartment, all on the same day. His girlfriend is played by Mar- Mary Elizabeth uh, Ellis. Yeah, okay. uh, the waitress from from Sunny, and uh, mm. it, and from there it's it's like he strikes up a friendship, uh, with his like uh, it's hard to explain with his best friend's cousin who's married to a guy who he weaseled his way into a job at his company, um, uh, mm. by pretending that he had a a big a big tech tech company that he sold okay it's about his relationship or his his relationship with the girl and you know it was it was just okay Uh it was it was pretty funny um but there was some segments of it like uh his there's a subplot involving his mom where the mom is just i don't like she just did not do it for me like she was Mm. really over the top and kind of a kind of a goofy character and didn't really fit well in the movie um and plus i couldn't really get behind the uh uh, the 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 character is a very pathological liar, like he he lies all the time, and I couldn't really get behind his story or get behind you know what his, um, uh, like why I should root for him basically because mm-hmm. he's lying his way around everything. So, but anyway, it, it was okay. Um whew. Next up is Embers, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's a it's a sci-fi um post-apocalyptic movie where basically. The planet has been afflicted with a neurological plague that continuously wipes out the memories of everyone hmm. so it's 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 literally it's basically like memento on a global scale wow yeah and it's about it's it's really fascinating because it takes um, um different perspectives like it shows it shows sev- several different uh, uh, um, uh, standalone storylines basically, and uh-huh. intertwines them. So there's like a couple who are who have these little ribbons to remind them that they that they are around each other, and so that they clearly have some kind of connection. So that's how they stick together. And then there's this young there's this young boy who's who's just mute, and because he's 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 so young that he can't like he he loses all his memory of how to talk and stuff like that. Wow. Um, I think that's I think that's the point they were coming across on, or maybe he's just too young to talk, but. Anyway, so and then there's a there's a guy who is uh who's basically rage like he like his character name is Chaos basically in the in the uh. like no one says it but in uh uh, in in on IMDb, his character's Chaos because he's a very animalistic, very instinctual, uh, violent person. Um, and there's a bunch of other different characters. There's a there's a mother, uh, a, a, a daughter, and father character who are in isolation in this in this futuristic bunker. Um, so it gives some variety. But what I really appreciate about the movie is uh, that it kind of throughout throughout all of these different perspectives, they basically show it. Basically, is a movie about what. Uh, human, what makes humans human, and it's hmm. kind of like it's it's a really interesting kind of uh, uh, narrative device, having everyone constantly losing their memories and constantly reimagining or re- rediscovering things, and it's yeah. really interesting. Um, next up, and I'll be quick with some of these. Uh, the Ambassador to Bern was—you uh, might actually be into the, into this one, Tiny. Yeah, it sounded cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's only seventy six minutes, which I thought was interesting. But it's a dramatic retelling of an incident in Bern, Switzerland, where two Hungarian uh, uh, immigrants broke into the to the embassy and took the ambassador hostage. Mm. Um, it's a thriller. It's it's uh, it's yeah. It, uh, The best thing I'll say about it is that it it looked just incredible. Like Mm -hmm. it it pictured the or it uh, it showcased this drab fifties aesthetic because it was in nineteen fifty eight, and it's it looked just really beautiful. Um, And actually, the the Facebook page for it uh, took a quote from my review, which wasn't terribly favorable. Like the review was not my most favorable of the film festival, but they Uh took a review uh, and took a took a quote from it and posted it to their Facebook page. So I thought that was cool and tagged us yeah. on it. So that was cool. I saw that. Yeah. So the ambassador burn, um, and then superior was one. Did you see the description for this one?
1: I saw this. I wanted to see this one. I was going to try mm-hmm. to squeeze it in, but I didn't get to.
0: Yeah. I was really looking forward to this one too. It mm-hmm. was, uh, it's a, it's a movie about in 1969 to two best friends, uh, embark on a, an adventure to, uh, ride their bikes, um 1300 miles around Lake Superior wow in 19 in summer of 1969 before they go their separate ways as one of them is going to college and the other is going to enlist in the military and uh, go off to Vietnam um it was good. I it was good for the most part. Um mm-hmm. I I kind of I really wish I could have stuck around for the Q&A cuz the filmmakers were there and the filmmakers are really young too. Um I think hmm. they're like 25. Wow. Um yeah, and I actually met the mother there when going in. Um I thought it was okay, but it kind of seemed a little uh a little in, inconsistent tonally. Okay. Um like like you don't really get a sense for you don't really get a sense of of why this trip is really important to them or why it, why it had been important in their planning as children to, to do it. Um, you only get for context you only get you only get it as a distract as it being a distraction for them from their future and it I don't know and then. Um, yeah, it was it, some of the uh, whenever whenever the character Derek who's going to go into the military whenever he makes comments about how he doesn't want to die in Vietnam it's kind of it's kind of undercut by this this weird humor that he infuses into it which makes it a little it, it was charming at first but it it also kind of kind of delayed the drama a bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um and then also the movie didn't really didn't really tell me exactly why like, like it didn't set it up it didn't set it set up his impending recruitment as the most, um, as as his only option basically. Like, okay. Like it kind of like there's a scene where the other kid is saying um saying like well you can get a job you can go to school and stuff like that and I don't remember if he gave a valid reason because uh, the guy the g- guy is under pressure from his father, but it's also like. He he. You didn't. You don't see him trying to find a new job or trying to find a job so that he doesn't go. That you just show. It. You just see him not. You just see him accepting that he's gonna go into the military, and it didn't really feel feel that uh, uh, that uh, strong for me in in the setup. So, hmm. but uh, for the most part, it was it was pretty okay. It was pretty. It was pretty good. Um, okay. In the end, so. Uh, next up is Keep in Touch, which uh, you should have already heard me talk about with Michael Angelo Covino, uh, who actually was at the after party for, for the closing night movie, and I talked to him for a bit there, too, which he was, he's a super nice guy. Um, Keep in Touch, I liked it. Um, it. I didn't like it quite as much as I thought I would going into it. Did you read the synopsis for this? I don't recall. Okay, so it's about, and you guys have already heard this, but uh, it's about a guy who um, tracks down... Basically stalks <laughs> the sister of a girl he had a crush on as a child. Oh
1: yeah, that's yeah. right. I've heard of this one. Yeah.
0: yeah so uh, the performances are great. Like the it's it's amazing because um, the dude the guy is doing really creepy things like stalking this girl. Yeah. Like, like legitimately stalking this girl, but um, he has such an earnestness to it, and the the movie is so focused on him in in shambles like his life is in shambles after an incident that sent him to prison Mm -hmm. um so you get you get him doing this stalker stalker behavior creepy behavior but you you get a connection to why he's like why he's clinging to this ideal uh so strongly it was it was overall it was it was actually really good and the girl that plays the uh the sister um her name is gabby gabby uh mcphee they found on facebook um (laughs) uh, who she's an aspiring musician and she actually wrote music for the movie um specifically for the movie uh she's unbelievably charming in it like she and she's gorgeous too like i like one of my notes was like i think i love her like she's she's amazing and she's great in it so hopefully hopefully everyone involved with that gets you know a good boost because because they're they were all really good nice um Okay, so next up is uh, three windows and a hanging, which uh, is actually from Kosovo. Um, it's uh, man, it was it was really it was really powerful. Um, yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was about a woman who tells a reporter a woman from a village in in Kosovo um, who tells a reporter that she was raped during during uh, the 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 war, recent war there. I guess uh,
1: mm-hmm. I'm not. To, uh, uh, the ethnic conflict there.
0: Yeah, a, a year after the war in two thousand. Okay. Um. So she. So she says she was raped there, and three other women in the village were also raped, but she doesn't say who they were. Okay. So from there, the the whole movie is about this very uh very patriarchal, that's the word I'm looking for, <laughs> uh society, mm-hmm. and, and how it's it's really like one one of the central characters is the the president of the village and and he's kind of the figurehead of it and he's so so terrible like he's despicable and it's a reflection of the entire commun- the entire village feels like that she's shamed herself it's like it's uh, it's basically shaming her for being a rape victim and uh it's it's so it's so tragic because mm-hmm everyone's like, like she's completely ostracized from the community. She lost her husband in the war. He hasn't like, like she, he was missing. So it's just her raising her son. She's a a school teacher and, uh, it just shows, shows how the entire community turns against her for revealing that she was raped. Basically. Wow. It's, it's very jarring, very, very tragic and very sad. It's, it's, uh, yeah. And it was the, the director was there and, uh, and had a Q and A afterwards. So after after the Q and A, he said that he, uh, I can't remember the question, but I I think someone asked him how he liked Heartland or whatever. He said like it's it's great and all that. And uh, he said that he said that I promise next time I'll come here with a with a comedy <laughs> it's a very it's a very dark and and very right. sad movie. Right. Um and then Waffle Street was so much fun. Uh, I wanted to see this one too. It was it was so awesome, and it and somehow it makes it even better that the that the filmmakers were so cool. Like everyone that I talked to was incredibly cool. Uh, but Waffle Street guys that like Ian and Esham Nelms were just really friendly. But Waffle Street's about a guy who uh you heard in the recording. He uh he goes into the food industry after losing his fi- uh, finance job. Um really good, really strong performances too from uh, James Lafferty from uh One Tree Hill and uh, uh Danny Glover actually also. Nice. Um it really showcased the the hell of the food service industry from what I can tell. <laughs> but it did it in a way that like I what I loved about it was that he uh the character is cocky at first because he's he's like, oh, he takes to the register really well because he worked in finance and all that. And then uh-huh. like once the dinner rush happens, like he's completely completely out of his element, completely <laughs> like he gets lowered down like four pegs. Um So it was it was really good. I really I really enjoyed it. Um Yeah, and then next up is Happy Times. Uh second to last one, guys. Promises is almost over. <laughs> <laughs> um so Happy Times was Uh, a movie in, like we said before, an anti-rom-com where he, it's a, it's a Mexican film about this guy who tries to break up with his girlfriend and then hires a service to do it for him. (laughs) Um, it was okay. It was, it was, it was pretty charming. It was a fun, like quirky, quirky comedy. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, and yeah, that
1: sounds like an Adam Sandler movie. He starts a breakup service. I mean,
0: <laughs> it kind of does. I would give it so much more credit than that. Though. Nice. Okay. Um it was it was more fun more fun than that. Okay. Um yeah. Uh finally guys, we're, we've come to the end. Nice. <laughs> okay, so the last movie of Heartland Film Festival 2015, the closing night movie was Coming Through the Rye, which before I talk about it, I I was actually really, uh, really happy because uh, Greg, the uh, the uh, marketing director for Heartland, um, who – like I talked to him intermittently throughout the throughout the uh, film festival, and he's super nice guy. Um, after we did the red carpet thing, which we'll talk about after I give my thoughts on coming through the rye, uh, he was like, hey, do you want a ticket? Uh, I know it's sold out, but I think we have a few – extra ones and for context my press pass got me access to every movie except for the special presentations which include opening night closing night films and a few special presentations throughout the throughout the event um or throughout the festival and coming through the rye of course being the closing night movie was one that it didn't give me access to so it's a 30 dollars ticket if i used a we had a promo code for press that gave us half off so it was like a 15 dollars ticket that you just gave me for free so i thought that was really nice nice um yeah so it's basically this guy, James Sadwith, he's a writer and director of it. He, um, When he was a kid, he was obsessed with The Catcher on the Rye um, and wanted to adapt it into a play. And so when he was uh, in uh, a prep school, uh, he went in search of J.D. Salinger, hmm. uh, who is, who was obviously very famously a recluse. Um, so coming through the rye is, is – a version of, of what he did. Um, it's about a kid named Jamie played by Alex Wolf, who's the brother of Nat Wolf. Um, uh, he, he goes on to search for, uh, JD Salinger and it's, it's a really, it's a really interesting, uh, drama. Um, uh, it, it, it was really good. I really, I really liked it. Um, uh, it was an interesting hybrid of like a of um of a road movie and and about his first love with uh with the with the female lead uh, uh Stefania Owens who played uh Dee, Dee. they had really strong chemistry and it was it was really it was really it was really good it was it was really good i liked it a lot mm-hmm. um did you see anything about that or no i didn't i don't remember okay.
1: reading about this one
0: yeah it was on a separate page of the of the guidebook but it was really good have
1: you read the catcher in the rye
0: I did when I was in junior high.
1: Okay. Yeah, I read it like six or seven years ago. I thought it was mm. vastly overrated.
0: Really? Yeah. I, you know, after seeing coming through the ride, I really I want to read it again because yeah. I, haven't, I haven't read it since what year did we have health with Miss Harrison? S- was that sophomore year? Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Was it sophomore year? Yeah, I did read I it a sophomore it was year. Sophomore year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I read a sophomore year and which was over 10 years ago so i need to read again with a fresh eye but um true yeah uh so coming through the rye was was really good
1: okay and so in that uh that closing night event they they had a a special screening and like a recording for um press and stuff like that and you got to go to that
0: yeah it was it was really interesting because throughout heartland they uh (laughs) They set up like they like they emailed like they emailed me as part of the press that had the press passes and stuff. They emailed me about a um, a recording or a press opportunity with Patricia Reagan, which I talked about earlier, uh, which was really cool. And then they also had a uh, an interview opportunity with the filmmakers and stars of Coming Through the Rye. It was a red carpet thing. Um, so basically, what they did at Trader's Point, they set up this the the backdrop of Heartland um, in in one of the hallways, and they had a little red carpet, and they had uh, the writer director James Sadwith, uh, producer Sarah Elizabeth Timmons, uh, actress Stefania Owens, and actor Alex Wolf uh, kind of come through and talk to talk to the members of the press that were there. Uh, it was me and I think five or six other people. Um, that's a really cool idea yeah it was awesome it was like huh. it was like it it was like a big it was similar to like like big a big event like like right. uh like a uh, like the oscars kind of thing or something like right. that like a big premiere um uh, but just kind of a nice like kind of intimate kind of small scale kind of thing okay um so it was- it was pretty cool like there there was a guy the guy next to me was from uh film buzz t v in utah
3: okay.
0: um no, I chatted with him. It was it, it was pretty cool, and uh, and the other guy next to me was a, I think he said he was a senior at IEPY. He uh, wrote for the uh, IEPY newspaper, I think. The Jag. No, no, no. Um, That's not what it's called. I don't know if uh, I don't know if that it wasn't that publication. Oh, okay. If that if that was what it, it was something something else, but he, what, he was at IEPY. Gotcha. Uh, and he's graduating with a uh, uh, for journalism, and it was funny because I. I I made the remark that like, <laughs> like, cool. You know, you're you're looking for you're about to enter the workforce for journalism, and I'm doing this for free on my own. I'm destroying your job <laughs> market. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he appreciated that. it's funny. I said it in jest, but anyway, so that that whole experience was really was really fun. It was really cool. And here is the recording of the red carpet. Um, the red carpet event with, uh, in order of where you'll of what you'll, uh, in order that you'll hear them in it's writer, director, producer, James Sadwith, uh, producer, Sarah, Elizabeth Timmons, actress, Stefania Owens and actor, Alex Wolf. Hi James. Explain. My name's Matt from obsessive yes, viewer. Um, awesome. so you so haven't, so well, you put like an emphasis character character on, on, uh, you were determined to cast teenagers in this, in this film. I for one appreciate that because you never see teenagers actually portraying teenagers right. on film. Um, I was wondering, could you speak to the experience of, of casting and, and directing uh, teenagers in such a such a focused story that, that is so important
3: to you personally? Well, yeah, and one of the funny things was um, some of the things like you'll see in the movie. Um, his brother. Pulls out a bra, and that was a big deal in 1967 when that happened. It was like, "Where'd you get that?" And now I was thinking to hold it up. These guys have seen everything on the internet and on movies and TV, and then, so I had to explain to them, um, you know, yeah, you this is like something. Anyway, that was that was interesting, but I, I loved the energy that they brought to it, um, and there was a real innocence, and um, they're real teenagers, both 16 years old, and. It was tough. I mean, we had a lot of people. We had to have people who were in their early twenties come in and stuff like that. But um, well, to be we lucked out and we got real kids. Nice, that's, that's
0: fantastic. Like I said, you never, you never really see that. Usually they cast older. Right, I know. Uh, you watch yeah.
3: high school movies and these people yeah. are in their twenties and... Exactly, it, it makes me feel a little bit better about getting older,
0: but, you know, it's, they're not kidding anyone. But, um, so in adapting such a, such a personal story from, from your, from your youth and everything, do you have any, um, was there any trouble getting it to screen or fitting it in into, into a, a feature-length narrative? Or did you have to make any cuts or, or is there anything in the film that you didn't To or that you couldn't, weren't able to include for time constraints or
3: anything like that? Well, that was the one thing that was kind of liberating on the one hand because in TV you're always cutting for whatever the hour allotment is at that particular decade. You know, it it used to be an hour, used to be like 52 minutes, and then it was 50 minutes, and then now it's 45, I think. But, um, so I felt like I was going to be liberated there. So basically, I just cut for pacing, um and i mean i like things to to unfold slowly and take their time and I got. I was told by some people <laughs> that you know what you need to tighten it up a little, and um, so that's been the battle: is being able to cut the things that are precious to you.
0: Very cool. I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, it sounds just right out of my alley. And um, in terms of the uh, the story of, of you know seeking out uh, JD Salinger and everything, um, this this actually happened to you and everything. I obviously don't want to spoil the movie or anything, but uh, was there anything um, in in telling the story that. Uh, 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 of JD, or, or what's your history with JD Salinger, and how did you come about uh, reading Catcher on the Rye as a, as a kid? And everything, your history with it?
3: So, I read the book in school as a 10th grader and uh, decided that uh, I wanted to play Holden Caulfield in the movies and in the theater, and so I took it upon myself to adapt it as a stage play to put on at school. And you'll see all this, it's uh, all in the movie. And um, that I felt this need to go find JD Salinger. I think. You know, at the time, I said, I I wasn't really asking his permission, because I was afraid he might say no. So I was going to sort of get his blessing, and I just felt that he recognized me. That's actually a line in the movie, that he'd actually say, oh, this is the kid to behold in Caulfield. And it didn't quite happen that way, but... Um, that's that was the connection.
0: Well you got to tell your story and I'm really excited for it and uh, best of luck to, to and congratulations on all your success with it. Thank Thanks very much
3: Matt. Oh, Hello again. Yeah. Hello. Hi,
0: I'm Matt from ObsessiveViewer.com. Oh nice uh, to meet you. I'm yeah. Stefania. Nice to meet you. Um so so I was wondering what um, drew you to the to the story and, and what kind of uh, what what were some of the challenges of, of filming filming um, the filming
7: the movie. I, um well I am from New Zealand so um, I just got this script from my agents who sent it to me and um, I put myself on tape not actually reading the full script but um, when I knew that Jim was interested I read the full script and I think it's it's such a real story and the relationships between Jamie and the other characters are um, really realistic and raw and I think that um, it tells a great first love and journey and um so I think that was that was something that I really loved about it because it was so realistic and I could really relate to the teenage characters Um, and a challenge what's a challenge that I faced I actually it was Jim made it really easy for us all like when we got to Virginia we had rehearsals and Alex um and I had so much fun and we made it really casual and it wasn't like it wasn't it it wasn't hard at all it was i I guess um there's a lot of like emotional scenes in it so it was definitely a challenge getting you know to those emotional scenes but as a whole it was just so fun and easy going
0: great that's fantastic and uh and also i would be remiss if i didn't if i didn't ask you about this but um, i'm really looking forward to to krampus and uh just if, if you want to say just something about uh about that uh if if uh, yeah.
7: <laughs> uh, I'm so happy. Um, yeah, Krampus is coming out the last week of November, and I'm so excited. It's um, it's something different because it starts off as like a family comedy Christmas movie, and then Krampus comes to town and starts picking people off one by one. So it's definitely going to be something different, and I'm really excited that it's um being released during Christmas time. So hopefully, um, it picks up and it does well. But I'm really excited for it.
0: Nice. Well, congratulations on 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 this and and all your all your success and everything Thank like that. I'm you. sure that it's going to. Great and uh, nice. yeah, it was fun chatting with you and uh, yeah, thank you.
7: Thank you so much. Hi.
0: Hi, I'm Matt from ExcessiveViewer.com.
7: Yeah. And uh, so, so your production company.
0: I was wondering if I could ask you about that. Um, it focuses on strong female characters and, and projects like that. What, what drew you to this project and uh, and yeah?
8: Well, it's it's a true story. Um, I think that you've got very inspiring characters based on Jim's journey and. I I think that there's a line in the movie where um, JD Salinger says to Jamie, who is the director, you know, it's based on the director, he says, Jim, you're a smart boy, go do something of your own. And I think that there's a lot in that line that, you know, so often we define ourselves by trying to follow what other people are doing. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's really looking within yourself and seeing what your greatest strengths are and um, how you can take your strengths and really inspire others and go create create something on your own no matter how scary it is and that kind of is the essence of you know life out loud films which is you know inspiring people through the stories you want people to leave the theater you know wanting to follow their dreams or reunite with a relative or somebody they might be estranged from i mean it's about it's about making more than just a film it's about making a difference and hopefully inspiring people and i think that that's exactly what this film does and it's even more inspiring that it's based on somebody's true story
0: yeah, that's one of the most appealing things about it for for me personally because I I love any kind of any kind of story like that and inspiring and it seems perfectly in, in keeping with the theme of Heartland Film Festival itself. Um, have you have you had any um, uh, uh, history with Heartland or anything like? that?
8: I do. We were. Um very honored in 2013 it was my first time here with one of our other films called Wish You Well which is based on a David Baldacci novel and had a great time and it's an honor to be back here as Closing Night Film.
0: Great well uh, thank you and, and congratulations on, on, on the film and uh, best of luck to you. Thank
8: you. Thank
0: you. Hi Alex my name is Matt with uh, ObsessiveViewer.com
9: Hi how you doing?
0: Pretty good how are you?
9: I'm good. good. I just got here I'm a little tired but yeah I'm good.
0: Alright well congratulations on the film and and I'm really excited to see it. I was wondering, did you have any, did you feel any pressure um, um, tackling the role, tackling tackling a role that is based on the, the uh, writer director?
9: Yeah, it's pressure? a lot of pressure. Yeah, <laughs> I felt tons of pressure the whole time, actually. Oh, yeah. But but it was also totally a lot of fun. And, and Jim made it really clear uh, early on that he didn't want me to do like a full-on imitation of him you know he wanted me to sort of take my own thing and bring it to it and sort of and and that's sort of what i did i did it you know there's all that element of this sibling gone this uh, this you know dead brother and there, and that's so painful and hurts so much and and i have a brother and so i i feel like that uh, that informed a lot of the character about a, a, a kid dealing with the loss of his brother that just really killed me and and Catcher in the Rye is like my favorite book in the whole world. And it has been since I was 12. And i just said in a, you know, a bunch of other interviews, my, my grandpa read it, signed it, passed it down to my dad. He signed it passed it on to my brother he signed it and then he passed it to me and signed it whenever one was 12 and um it just changed my life and it changed all of our life it's a family tradition and so i really did i mean i was obsessed with it. i went home and i would read at least 30 pages a night i read the book probably total like four times throughout the movie because i would read it and then i'd start over and read it again and i just read it and, and and but the hardest part was differentiating holden and jamie and that was a big big turning point so i had to do that but playing Jim, I, I looked at a few pictures of him when he was young and and imitated a lot of his clothing. That was the main thing. I got a lot of his clothing and his hair, and I was trying to do that specifically. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you. And uh, and and yeah, yeah, Have you ever been to Heartland or anything? Like that?
9: I've I've never been to Heartland. I've heard of it. It's you know it's a big fun festival. But yeah, I've never I've never been. This is my first time. I've been to Indianapolis a few times though. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. Well, thank you for your time and uh, congratulations on the film. And and Thanks, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward What's to it. What's your today. name? What's your name? Matt. Matt, yeah, nice to meet
9: you, Matt. Viewer. Nice, obsessive viewer. Yeah, You're an obsessive viewer. Uh, yeah. I like it.
0: <laughs> okay, so I had a few anecdotes uh, on about that. Um, when talking to Stefania Owen, I may have... I think... I didn't actually spit on her, but I almost accidentally did. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, as you heard, my God, I jumbled a question to to the director so hard. It's, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I was kind of one thing that I really appreciate about Heartland was that they gave us a press packet with, with information about the movie and the actors and everything. So, um, before I had that, like I was trying to think of what to ask Alex Wolf Cause I didn't, I hadn't read up on the, on the movie yet. So like one thing I I toyed with asking was like, okay, so your brother is Nat Wolf, who works, uh, who has a strong working relationship with Josh Boone, who <laughs> is, uh, currently working on X-Men new mutants, uh, which is a franchise in which Jennifer Lawrence has appeared, so, can you please tell your brother to tell Josh Boone to tell Jennifer Lawrence that I love her? um <laughs> jeez, but yeah, that didn't happen good um yeah. Good. yeah, so we're closing this out tiny this is this is such a long episode yes, it is <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so it was a huge event
0: so. it was it was, yeah. so do you want to intro this uh this this last one
1: yeah, so this last part are. The ones we wish we could have seen, um Matt said one hundred and forty some movies in ten days yeah it's impossible to see all of them it's right. just impossible, and so yeah. of course, I, some are going to slip through the cracks
0: right like and like while while thinking about this or, or trying to th- come up with it or uh, or looking through the looking through the schedule and everything i was I might edit this out. Um, <laughs> Do you remember the line in Schindler's list where he says, I could have saved more or something? Yeah. I basically thought like I could have seen more. <laughs> so basically, I'm the Oscar Schindler of Heartland Film Festival too. Pretty much, yeah. I might cut that out. Uh, no comment.
1: <laughs> um, well, uh, at the top of my list, the ones that I really wish I could have seen was Raiders, uh, the story mm-hmm. the greatest fan film ever made. That just sounded so fun to me. I'm really bummed that I missed that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then um Fourth Man Out sounded like such a great idea for a movie. Um it sounded funny, it sounded awkward and, <laughs> and and touching at the same time. I really wish I could have seen that one. Um Keep in Touch, which I you mentioned earlier, um that just sounded like creepy and, and like <laughs> and like such a such a um such a unique situation to put yourself in Mm -hmm. um i i I would have enjoyed seeing someone explore that um the 33 just because i mean it has a cool cast and it was kind of one of the the special movies they got for this and Mm -hmm. um it's going to have a wide release Uh, it's got a lot of buzz around it so i wish i could have seen that one um and then lastly because i'm a big documentary dork (laughs) um peace officer sounded really really cool to me. I wanted to be a cop for a long time. I have a degree in criminal justice. Mm. Um, so I think it probably would have meant a lot to me. I hope it finds, finds distribution somehow mm. and I can see it eventually. So those were the, the big ones I wanted to see.
0: Yeah. I, I, I would be really interested to hear what you think of peace officer and also yeah. beyond measure too. Cause I know that you right. originally went to college for education.
1: True. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> Everyone goes to college for education. Hey, but anyway, as a major anyway. Right. Um, so yeah, cool. Uh, should I go with my list? Please do. Okay, so this is an extensive list. Uh, really briefly, uh, I wish I could have seen the opening night movie of Room, but you know, October, mm-hmm. um, which I'll see it eventually when it comes out. Uh, I heard a lot of people talk about this documentary called Crocodile uh, Gennady, Gennady, Uh which is, uh, I don't know what it, what exactly it's about, but all I know is that it's a uh, it's Russian, and the image in the guidebook looked really really interesting like it was uh this guy with uh like uh like orange light is on him and it's like smoke all around him it kind of reminded me of uh, uh i don't know if this is intentional or not but it kind of reminded me of uh of a, like a, a shot of um um marlon brando in apocalypse now kind of just the way it's lit it reminded me of that just very vaguely but um interesting yeah. I also wish I could have seen the, the Judgment, which was the one of the grand prize winners. I think it was the grand prize narrative feature winner uh, of Heartland Film Festival. Um, it looked interesting. Um, also, the armor of light sounded interesting, but now that I said it, I don't remember what exactly it was. <laughs> but it, looked, it, it sounded really interesting. Um, I'm really bummed I didn't get to see Autism and Love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a documentary about... Um, people with autism find like how they, how they handle relationships and stuff. And it right. sounded just absolutely fascinating, but unfortunately I, I couldn't find a, a time to see it, um, with my schedule. Um, and then oddball was, it sounded interesting. It's about a, um, a, 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 a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a family movie It and I saw the preview for it and it looked really, really fun, but it looked like super family friendly kind of, Kind of fun i I don't know the more I saw the trailer, the more I kind of thought like eh, that could be kind of fun um, very semi serious is a documentary about uh the uh I think the cartoonists at the New Yorker oh okay, uh, sounded really interesting, nice um, and then there were a few shorts programs that i didn't get to see um. Most notably, the one called uh, All You Need Is Love, which had a lot of uh, relationship-based uh, short films in it that all of them sounded really interesting. Like one is about – like all the premise said for one was a couple a couple, a couple visiting New York try to find a place to eat. And it sounds like that hmm. that kind of setting and that, that kind of – like that log line sounds really ripe for uh, some kind of deep um, – uh, Deconstruction of, of certain relationship aspects. I have no context for what it is, but right. it sounds like it sounds like a like a um, a deep well to go from. I guess I don't know or a good uh, backdrop for that. So so yeah. yeah. And then uh, finally, they had a high school film competition uh, oh, shorts. Yeah. yeah, it was a collection of short films from high school high schoolers, and I wish I could have seen that too, um, but I didn't. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that does it for our. <laughs> Very extensive, um, Heartland Film Festival twenty fifteen um, podcast episode. Again, I want to thank everyone at Heartland for uh, being super cool, having a uh, having a great uh, a great selection of movies and stuff like that. Particularly um, Sarah and Greg from like they they were part of the marketing team. They were I talked to them uh, consistently throughout it, and they. Uh, didn't seem bored by me, so that was cool. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Any parting thoughts on Heartland? Uh,
1: I really hope next year I can do more. Um, yes. Hopefully, my company won't buy another company that week. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Um,
0: hopefully, your company doesn't grow. Yeah. Hopefully, it or, doesn't. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll be fired tomorrow. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I, I really want to do more next year, uh, even if I don't get a press pass. Because what little of what little of the festival I was exposed to, I really, really enjoyed, and I want to see more of it.
0: <laughs> oh, Tiny, this <laughs> this is not going to be the last time we get press passes or something. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> like, so. Like I was too, way too, like I was really, I was really satisfied with that. And I, I'm, yeah, and it was funny because after Indie Film Fest in July, I was like, um, I need to do more things like this and more things like this. And I didn't think, like I had emailed them about a press pass, but I didn't get a response from them because it was like two weeks before it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just DM'd Heartland about a press pass just on a whim. So I'm definitely going to, seek out more press passes and stuff like this and and things like this. And definitely next year for Indie Film Fest and Heartland, I would like to, you know, do more with it. Cool. So here's to 50 screenings next year. Wow. Yeah. Don't hold me. I'll shoot for like eight. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening guys. And, uh, we'll be back next week with, I think we're going to do a review episode of Steve jobs. I believe we are in the can. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And, uh, oh, you can find more information about Heartland uh, at org or heartlandfilmfestival.org. Um, really great, really great um, organization. And I believe they have, like, certain things uh, popping up uh, intermittently throughout the year. And mm-hmm. in, I think, March, they'll have uh, some of the best, I think, at, at the Artcraft Theater in Franklin, which I talked about a few episodes ago. Um, they'll be screening best of the fest uh it's a collection of some of the best films from heartland and, nice. and the marathon thing so cool. be on the lookout for that and uh as always we don't have a sign off so thanks for listening
1: thanks guys thanks guys
0: so jesus so, christ so single tiny <laughs> 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 Oh my god. I'm almost there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to put this as a tag. For context, I just got my notes out and I I filled up a notebook. I literally like I I have a, a reporter's notebook. I I filled it up and then started from the back and filled up the not didn't fill up the the I filled up about half of it on on the other side of the pages. Wow. Uh, all throughout Heartland. Add <laughs> Obsessive Viewer. I'm single people. <laughs> okay. Um.
10: Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loud Like from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash music. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at matt, tiny, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and tv reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment you can also like us on facebook at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on twitter at obsessive viewer at obsessive tiny and at i am mike white if you want more obsessive content in your life check out our sister site obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews author spotlights and a general celebration of reading Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.